chapter 13. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just stop for a moment. I'm just reminded to lift up the name of Jesus. And so we just, if you'll, if you'll just do that however you do that, glory to you, Lord. We lift up your name. We exalt you today. We breathe because of you. We blink because of you, Lord. We're happy because of you. Everything that is in is wonderful is because of you. You are our wonderful. You are our awesome. You are our amazing. And Lord, we exalt you today. Praise is to you. We just welcome you, Lord, to do for us, do to us, do through us today. Lord, praises, praises, praises to you. You are the Lord and there is no other. Oh, we give you glory. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Look in verse 5 with me. Point to yourself and read it to yourself. Um, this is wrong. 2 Corinthians is always going to be better. Excuse me. Okay, point yourself and read it with me. Examine yourself whether ye be in the faith Prove your own selves. That's it. So this morning we're going to do what the Word said. We're going to examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. We're going to prove our own selves. And I want to ask you, like we can always ask, when do Christians examine themselves to see if they're in the faith? Think about it. When do you, when do you stop and say, you know, I need to do a little checkup. I need to do a little inventory. We need to do an assessment here. Anybody? When do, if we do it at all, when do Christians do that? In a trial, when trouble comes. You know, we're always checking our insurance policy when something's fell on the house. <laughs> you know, what's my deductible and what are they going to, you know, are, are we covered? You know, that's not the best time. And so this morning, uh, we're going to examine ourselves again and just go through an assessment. This will be very profitable. And hopefully we'll all come out and say, you know, I'm good. But if not, we'll check that. Uh, one thing we know about faith is that faith knows. One of the attributes of faith is faith knows. Faith does not say, I wonder if it's God's will. That's not faith. Faith doesn't say you never know what God's going to do. That's not faith. If, if we have anything that's of faith, it's the thing of our life that we say, I know. This morning, I know we could all say, I know that I'm born again. I am a child of God. Jesus is Lord. And you could say that with conviction. You're persuaded. You have a confidence about that that's unshakable. And so you would say about that particular thing, I'm in faith. I'm in the faith. I examine myself and I'm in the faith. A lot of people do not know that, even though they would say, well, I love God, and I go to church, and I believe the Bible and everything, but they, if you say, are you, are you born again? Well, I'm not sure about that. And so uh, we would assess our lives and say everything that, that we're in faith about would also be something that we have a conviction about. Uh, we have a conviction about this being the Word of God. We don't wonder about that and say, well, you know, Maybe, maybe not. We uh, In this church, I believe everyone here would have a conviction that it's totally inspired, that it's all the Word of God, and that it's all true. 
and that if there's anything uh, that's a contradiction, we look somewhere else to say that might not be right. That person, my, my feelings, my experience that don't line up, it's not the word. So that would be a, a test or an examination of faith. My convictions, things that I'm unmovable about. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 24, it says this. I just saw this a few minutes ago and wrote it in. It says in Matthew chapter 10, in verse 20, uh, well, we'll go back to 24. It says, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Verse 25, It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. So based on what the Lord Jesus said here, we should expect to walk just like him. Is that right? That uh, not above him, but that we should be a mirror of him, imitate him. Hebrews 10.38, the Bible says, in four places, once in the old and three in the new, that the just shall live by faith. So let's point to ourselves and say, Hey, just live by faith. Now, first of all, you got to get around that part about, hey, just, uh, are you the just? Well, you've been justified. You've been reconciled by the blood. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. And we're the just and the just shall live by faith. So we don't have an option. It's not something that says it's better if you live by faith or it's more convenient or the just shall live by faith. That's in Galatians, that's in Hebrews, that's in Romans, and then it's in, uh, it's in Haggai or Habakkuk, one of the two. The just shall live by faith. In Hebrews chapter 12, let's, let's look there. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12, look in verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, surrounded about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. In verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So here we see that the Lord Jesus is the standard for faith. Now, I had someone tell me this weekend uh, on the telephone, they said, uh, they said, well, I suppose Jesus got everybody healed that he prayed for or ministered to. But I, he said, but I guess we don't know. And I was just struck by that. I had never heard someone that I uh, knew like that that uh, had ever ha had that thought. I've never had that thought that Jesus said, you know, I get most of them, but not all of them. I don't believe it. I believe everybody he ministered to got healed. How about you? And I believe then also that we should get everybody that we minister to healed. Now, the great controversy in the body is why aren't everybody healed? And uh, a lot of things are going on about that. Just like Eric said, you know, it's, it's in the Bible. And everything else is wrong. So Jesus is our standard. And then in Galatians chapter 2, look there in Galatians chapter 2. Hope you have this one underlined as well in your Bible. This is a very powerful verse. It says in verse 20 of chapter 2, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So it's a contradiction. He said, I'm dead, but I'm alive. Well, 
Explain that, Paul. He said, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Here it is. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's the standard. Jesus is our standard, and we are to pursue that. Now, just based on what Paul said here and what the Lord Jesus said, we can live by the faith of the Son of God. You can't poo-poo around and, and, uh, and uh, ta-ta and say, well, you know, we, we're all just flesh, we're all just human, and we all have failures, and nobody's perfect. We can live by the faith of the Son of God every day. Just like you can tithe. Well, nobody can tithe everything. Nobody. Yes, you can. Just like we can speak the truth in love. We can. The Word says we can, and lots don't. I, I don't always, that's for sure, but I can. And I'm raising, I'm rising up to a new standard. Amen? So we're examining ourselves to see if we be in the faith. We're proving whether we're in the faith because it's better to be in faith than it is to not be in faith. The reason we always check when we're in trouble is because we know to not be in faith is not good. <laughs> I've been in faith. I've, not, I've been not in faith. Being in faith is better because you know some things. So let me ask you, what is really happening when you and I face a challenge that does not seem to move? Can you relate to that? There's challenges that we say, I've been looking at that thing for a long time, and I've been talking to it, and I've been wrestling with it, and I've been speaking the word to it, and, and thinking about it, and it still seems to be there. There's a lot of things, and we can't be exhaustive, and we certainly can't look at this and say, you are this and you're, you are that. So long as we're pushing or moving towards the mark, we're good. But we do have to come to a place that says, this is a deficiency in my life. If something's in my life, that's not right. Amen? We're supposed to live above, and we want to. One thing I've looked at is that um, people that, all of us that are uh, pressing towards some area or another, we have, if we examine ourselves, you will find that we've given imagination, our imagination, we've given it a vote about our future. Just like Eric was telling this morning about somebody that said, well, you know, God sometimes doesn't answer you like you want. Uh, that's an imagination. What we say at home is, is they're just making it up as they go. When people say stuff like that, they're just making it up as they go. It's no, there's no basis for it in truth, whether it's the word or otherwise. They're just making it up as they go. So when we have trouble, we've somehow gotten off truth and given our imagination a vote about our future. Uh, we've, fear is, is, fear in our lives or fear in anybody's life is simply imagining that a weapon that could be formed has been formed and that it is going to prosper against us. Is that right? Well, what if this happens? Well, okay, what if it does happen? But what if it doesn't happen? We don't go there in our imagination to speculate because that's, that's anything could happen. Um, one thing I know about faith is that when we struggle with faith, that we are dealing with the situation on its level. 
on its terms, on its mandates. In other words, we, are, we have come out of the spirit realm and we are meeting these situations on their conditions. Well, we don't have enough money to pay the bills. What are we going to do? And then on and on and on that goes, for example. We're meeting that financial challenge on a financial level. And when we do that, we, we don't have much going on. It's our intellect. It's our who we know. It's our, we could sell this. We could, you know, do that. And we, we faith is not involved, and it's going to be a hard road. Anybody ever been there? Boy, I have. Hallelujah. Uh, one thing that when we ch- uh, face a challenge that doesn't move is that we have entered a contest that has morphed into an undecided winner. In other words, when we are struggling with something, we have somehow moved ourselves into a realm that we don't know how this is going to turn out. That's dangerous, would you say? We, we're supposed to always know the winner. He always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So when we're struggling with something, saying, well, I don't know how this is going to turn out, and frankly, I'm a little concerned, and this, this looks a little tough, and I don't know how we're going to face this. You just know right there that we're in the wrong realm. We're in the wrong sphere. We're, we're not where we're supposed to be. We're, we're not looking up at a situation. We're looking down on a problem saying, this is done. We're just going to walk it out. This is, we already win. We're just going to walk out where the race goes. Uh, another thing I know about struggling is, is uh, in challenges of faith is that the devil always tag teams. You know, we're in there by ourselves fighting it out, and the devil's tag-teaming all these devils and all these situations in. It, it doesn't just stay financially. It doesn't just stay with your kinfolks moving in with you. It just starts adding up, and now somebody's sick, and now somebody can't go to work, and the cars broke down, and it's like, what is this? It's the horde of hell. It's the horde of hell that is like, why is it picking on me? Because you're in the fight of faith, and you have somehow gotten out of faith you, you're not in that, and they've seen, what, what is it? They say wild animals can smell fear. The devil smelled fear, and he said, send everybody in. Kind of like in the Blitz in football. You know, it's like, send everybody in. We're going to take them out. Um, one thing I know about uh, this, or I've uh, looked at, is that the devil, uh, when Jesus said, uh, Occupy till I come. Sometimes the that we have allowed the devil to set up a camp around us. In other words, we've let things that shouldn't be in our life that are the little foxes that spoil the vine. We've let them grow up around us because we're just used to it. That's just the way it's always been. Are y'all with me this morning? We're talking about examining our faith and seeing if we're in the faith and coming to a new standard and just saying, well, I'm in faith, I'm not sick all the time, and I'm not broke all the time, and I don't have kinfolks with, living with me all the time, but I have one of those things going on all the time. <laughs> and it's like, really, the standard of faith is, is that we live above all of that all the time. Um, naturally, we would have to say that we'd taken our focus off of Jesus when we're out of faith. He's the author and the finisher. The word finisher there, you know, we, we looked at it, it's, it is finished. We sit on the cross, so he's the finisher or the let's finish this thing in faith. 
and not put up with it, not dilly-dally and say someday, some way. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you would. We're going to leave 16 in faith. We're going to examine ourselves and say, shame on you for that. Quit it. Stop it. Stop it. Quit putting up with that. Quit being hospitable to the devil. Quit taking less than you should. When, uh, when I go visit at DCH, when I go visit somebody, it's not very often, but every once in a while I do, it's so cool. I have a little card. I don't have it with me, but it's a little credit card type thing. And when I leave there, everybody else is looking for dollars, looking for quarters and everything to run that parking thing. But I have a little card that's got a stripe on it. It's got word of life on it. And I swipe that thing and just like magic, the hootie goes up. I have all my money with me and the bar goes up and I go out. And it comes back down, and the next person behind me is dropping quarters on the, on the pavement, and they're in the car, you know, and everybody's honking at them from behind. But I have the card. And you know, the kingdom, faith is that card where we just swipe it. Take this devil. Take this circumstance. Take this kinfolks. Take this job or boss or whatever. Take this. I've got the card of the Lord Jesus. I'm in faith that everything is turning out amazing, and I am going through. I went through the car wash the other day and came out, and I saw that the bar that they have across the street here, the bar that comes up to keep people from going in without paying, kind of like at the old drive-ins, somebody hadn't slowed down before it came up. And there were splinters. There was a broken board at the arm. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> well, that seems like a lot of Christians are just trying to bust through. But you're on video. First Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Look, look at this. We're making a place for faith here. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. But what? Mighty through God. So right there. We can't be thinking about what are we going to do because our weapons are mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I looked up that word stronghold, and the word stronghold, as it's used here, is not talking about demons it's not talking about, you know, heaven's, uh, hell's hoard. It's talking about a high place in our mind, an imagination, where we have imagined outside of faith that things aren't as good as God says they are and that the devil is bigger than the word says he is. In other words, little God, big devil. Big devil, little God. And we enter into a struggle or a fight that God never intended because he already sent Jesus to win that fight and for us just to follow along in the victory parade. <laughs> We're just in the victory parade. We're not supposed to be out there uh, uh, whooping on the devil and wondering what's going to happen. This word casting down says casting down imaginations. Now, the reason that often doesn't seem to work for people is because the word casting down here is a little more emphatic than just ignoring. It means to demolish with violence. 
So there's going to be a little stopping and saying, what are you thinking about, son? What are you thinking about? What is this speculation going on in your head? What is this fear? What is this, uh, this uh, 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 your heartbeat's going up, you've got sweaty palms, this is like something bad's going to happen. What are you doing? you got to cast down that imagination. It's not just like, well, I'm going to take a pill and, and, and go take a nap. That's not casting down. It shall return. It's dealing with it decisively. It's like that scripture that says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, when it says, "Confess." It says, uh, if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There's got to be a reckoning with the word of God that says, this imagination, where did it come from? There's a root to this. There's something inside of me uh, that's, that's worried about money. Maybe you grew up with something where there was a lot of fear about not having money, a lack. Would that be reasonable? It would be where I came from. Um, maybe, maybe you had abusive and violent parents or an uncle that, you know, that was a drunk or whatever that goes through life. Everybody goes through life. And those things sometimes try to come back and reenact themselves to bring us into a lower level of faith than Jesus has called us to, his standard. And we've got to go in there and demolish them and, and take the scriptures and say, okay, my parents did this or my parents didn't do this or, or my boss did this or my whatever. And we deal with it with the word of God and say, I've been delivered from this. The curse is broken. I, that thing is not who I am. I am a child of God, and I've been set on high. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And we begin to reconcile the word into our life so that when fear knocks on the door again and says, I'm back, it's imagination, we don't answer. Wrong house. Amen. So we cast down these, these, uh, these imaginations, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Um, Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is a good word about examining our faith. It says in chapter 10, verse 13, let's get this word out here. There is, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You know, that seems like a benign scripture that everybody ought to know that. But I'm telling you, lots of people think that they're in a unique situation that demands a unique escape. Of some kind. In other words, God, you're going to have to do something here because there's no way I can deal with this. But that's just not true. The Bible says there's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, the word temptation. Let me get that word described. The word in the Greek, I was amazed. It's, it's, it's the word experience of evil. Who knew that the Greek would have a word that actually says an evil experience has a word? It means an adversity. It means a provocation. So it's something bad that's happened in your life. And he's saying no bad thing that's ever happened in your life, if we could put that in there, is unique. You've been abused. Happens all the time to somebody. You've, been, you've run out of money and you all the time everywhere. You have feelings of anxiety, a panic attack or, or uh, abandonment or neglect or rejection. It's part of the devil's arsenal. It's part of the curse of the broken law. It's everywhere. It's all over. 
You, you think that it's hard to believe God's word? Uh, that's just me. Happens everywhere all the time. Amen? Religion, you think you grew up in some unique situation or that you've been through something that probably nobody's ever experienced? Nope. It's all over, everywhere. People go facing it all the time. Amen. And so the word says, there hath been no experience or trouble or adversity or provocation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. It's on the earth. It's in the culture of all people all over the earth. But then he has that word, but. When you think, oh, we're, we're, we're undone. He says, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you? The word there means allow you to be tempted above that which ye are able. But with the provocation, the experience also make a way to escape. That ye may be able to bear it. The Amplified says this, with the temptation, he will also always provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. It's not, it's not our job to, 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 well, I'll just tell you this. Sometimes when you grow up in poverty and lack, you get a response. You get a hardening in your soul. If someone hurts you, you might say, I don't trust men, or I don't like women, or I don't like this race, or I don't like these people because of something that's in our past. Something triggered it. Why would you not like those people and everybody else likes them? Well, it's because of some trigger that's happened in your life that made you, instead of responding in God, you responded with a protective shell and you willed, you willed them out of your life. And so you spend a great time, part of your time, your thought life, making sure those people and those types of things never get close again because they hurt you so bad. Or they, you know, uh, but the thing is, it doesn't work. They've proven that an alcoholic daddy that beats on his wife in front of his sons. And the sons step back, and they are just smitten with this experience because they don't have the wherewithal to forgive their father. Jesus said, whatsoever sins ye retain, they are retained because they don't forgive their father. Guess what? They become alcoholics that are abusive. You go, How? what's that all about? They hate alcoholics. They hate abusive men. They hate them and become what they hate because they can't get it out of their life. They've, and so the souls of so many Christians are just polluted and defiled and just messed up because they cannot release that out and get forgiveness from God for, for them and for themselves. And so they carry this thing around and they can't get in faith in that area. It works in money where you have cheap, stingy, tight people because they were raised in lack. They, were, they, they went without food for four days or something, and they vowed a vow inside, a silent vow that said, I will never go there. And so they can't give, and they can't be generous, and they can't be free, because they're amassing themselves around a protective layer of finances so that it'll never happen. 
but it never works, does it? They're tormented. They're just giving is the is the is the fun of life. Love gives, and so if you can't give, you're you're a broken, lonely, empty person. And the devil does that. So a lot of what we see and know from our past is not so much against us, it's to afflict us so that we can't get out of that. It's to it's to shut us down so that we pass that on to our families and to our children and on where we're we're out of order. We don't come up to the standard of faith. Um, Philippians 4.13, you know, says, I can do all things through Christ, through Christ. It's the through Christ that sometimes we forget. I can do all things if I put him on. If I put him on, uh, nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. It's not just an encouragement that says, well, you know, if you run into a hard spot, just Jesus will help you. He's inside and he's working to the outside and he will radiate an impossibility uh, a world into a definitely possibility, probability, absolutely type experience. But we got to get it off. We got we to gotta will ourselves through that says, I know my past is bad, but everybody's gone through it. The Bible says it. Everybody's gone through what I've been through. I mean, somebody's gone through what I've been through. It's just common to man. It's just out there. It's just, it's not me. It's not personal. It's not, it's not that person that even did it. It's just common to man. The devil used them or the devil used something and afflicted me, whacked me, and now I'm afflicted unless I get free in Jesus where I can come to the place that says, it doesn't matter what's in my past, I can do all things. Give that job to me, give that ministry to me, give that place to me. You, you don't have time for it, give it to me, because I can do all things. He empowers me, he strengthens me. It's not me at all. I don't even think about how little energy I have or how my physical this or that or my abilities or my education. I can do all things through Christ. I'm indomitable. I'm unstoppable. I'll find a way in faith, and it'll even be easy for me. Even the natural world says, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. That's what the world says. That's the axiom of business. Don't, don't go find some sluggard that can barely get to work. Go find someone that's been there two hours and say, I need you to take care of this before 4 o'clock. And they'll do it. Amen. Amen. So... Uh, we won't go there, but Isaiah 54, 17. Remember what it says? Woo-hoo-hoo. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say that there won't be a weapon formed. It just said it won't prosper. But if we see the weapon many times with an imagination that hasn't been cast down, hasn't been dealt with to, uh, in to destroy it, it will say a weapon is formed. I'm undone. We're, we're cooked. We're, we're messed up. But he said, no weapon formed. They're going to be formed all the time. That's why we put on the armor of God, because they're formed all the time. No, no temptation is, is not common to man. They're formed everywhere against us, financially, uh, maritally. Uh, there's, a, there's a sexual undoing in our culture right now that is no different than Sodom and Gomorrah. Do not think that it's coming. It is here. There, there's just so many things that you can do that are perverse. You know, there's just there's an end to the things that you can do that are just, and they're doing them all. 
You may not know about them, but they're doing them all and videoing them and selling it, and people are duplicating it, and it's just, it's just, it is here. It is now. And so we, we have, that's around us. It's in the air that we breathe. So we cannot live out of this structure, out of this life, because it's perverse. No temptation that's come to you and me hadn't already come to somebody else. So we have to live above. I got to live above. Because every time you turn on the TV, I want to watch the news. Well, it's something. I promise you it's something that's out there that is perverse. If, you're, if you don't think it's, it's just because we've become acclimated and because we've become numb to it. Stuff that our grandparents would just gasp and fall over and you, you, you'd have to take them to the funeral home or the doctor or something back then and it's like, ah, that's no big deal. The word formed, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. I looked that word up and the word formed, it, it, it took me to a potter's wheel and said it squeezed out for a particular person, a purpose. So the weapon that is formed is particular to, to Lawrence or particular to Shanita. It, the devil throws that same thing to Barry and he's like, I didn't even know a weapon came by. But somebody else might be undone for days, just wiped out because of the temptation that's in their past that's put them under. You, you can tell some people, you're not gonna get, we're, we're not going to pay you for a month. We're going to cut your benefits. And they're so full of faith and so full of the provision of God and the supply of God. Pay no attention. But somebody on the other side of town gets a pink slip for some people, and they're undone. They're wiped out. They're like, oh, the sky is falling, and we're all going under. Do you hear me? And so we have to get in faith. Because there's so many things out there that'll touch a button that you can never get past it all. There's just, they're piling on. They're in the ring with you. You're, you're taking them on. It's supposed to be one-on-one, -on -one, but the whole horde of hell is out there trying to take you out. And if you whip one, it's, it's, it's uh, knock-a-mole or whatever that game is where you just knock all this stuff down. It, they just keep coming back at you. we got to live above. You cannot get to the end of it. Well, when I get my kids out of school, or when I get this car paid off, or when I get this new job, everything's going to be fine. As soon as I get this symptom worked out of my body, you know, they say 60 days and I'll be good. There's something right behind it. You cannot live in this world thinking I'm going to win here. We have, to, we have to live by faith. There's no other answer, no other antidote. Praise God. So this word formed, it means squeezed into shape, molded into a form. So there's a weapon. Now, see, you could bring alcohol to me. You could bring alcohol in any form. You could bring tobacco to me in any form. And I wouldn't even be faced. I mean, because I've just, I have no proclivity to it. It has never been in my life. I, I have no interest in it. But you know if you take an alcoholic or someone that's quit smoking and you get them in the right room with certain things, they're done. They're useless. They're, they're wiped out. They've been set back. But it doesn't mean there's not a weapon that could be squeezed and formed that would be sent against me that wouldn't take me down that you would go, what is the big deal, Pastor? We, that, <laughs> that's no big deal. So the devil is knowingness 
through familiar spirits and forming weapons. But the Bible says no weapon formed will prosper. And the word prosper means prosper. That's what it means. I looked it up. It means prosper. It, we, it, ha, it has no profit against you. It doesn't change a thing. Um, the word formed against thee, the word against thee means to touch you. And it has a connotation of an accusation. So a lot of the weapons is to accuse you of being weak, accuse you of being carnal. And it's like, no, I mess up. But the blood of Jesus cleanses me all from all unrighteousness. It's as if I've never sinned. Come on now. It's as if I've never sinned. When we get forgiveness, it's as if we have never sinned. It's cast into the sea of his forgetfulness. It's not that he says, I won't remember it. I'll, I'll fake that I've got amnesia. It's a unique quality of God that says he cannot remember it. You know, he can't lie. Y'all know he can't lie. He can't remember forgiven sin. It's hidden in a place, the way he made heaven and the way he made us. It's hidden in a place under the blood that he can't see it. Just like the Bible said, there's, there's creatures that don't know the day of Jesus' return. They don't know. It's hidden from them. Our sin is hidden from God when it is properly confessed and put under the blood. It's hid from God. Y'all, we're awesome in Him. It's just amazing how this stuff so can't work if we get in the right place. And the word judgment, it says every judgment that rises up against you, or excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, every tongue that rises against thee in judgment. The word judgment there is simply the word verdict. So when you get condemned or you get accused or you get sentenced, so to speak, that I've lost my job, I'm sentenced, to go through some lean times, it's a weapon that's formed. The Bible says it won't prosper. It'll Financial provision will spring up another way. It'll just come in from this direction. It has to. I said it has to. It's impossible that you cannot be supplied. It's like, well, but my job. <laughs> he didn't say that we'd, in the covenant we'd have jobs. He said in the covenant we'd be supplied. All of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's the promise that he cannot break. He cannot nullify. He cannot not fulfill. We're good, y'all. We're good. But we got to have faith. We got we to cast down imaginations. It says, well, when daddy went through, when he was laid off when I was growing up, we were wiped out. You you gotta you gotta cast that imagination down. You gotta utterly bring it to destruction and says that has nothing to do with me. Even if daddy was a Christian, even if they went to church, it doesn't matter. He just didn't believe. He wasn't in the faith. You and I can be in faith. Praise God. First John five four says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Is that right? And this is the victory, the Nike, that overcometh the world, even our, say it with me, faith. Now, that's what the Word says will cause you to overcome. Your faith will work by the blood, but it's your faith that says, I'm going to call things that be not as though they were. I'm going to speak to the mountain. 
I'm going to tell the mountain, you're a weapon formed, but I'm telling you, you're not coming into my life. I cut you off. You go around. I'm a covenant man. And it won't happen. Who is that that overcometh the world? But he that believeth, the word there is trusteth, that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm not a servant. I'm a son. And it works. So I wrote this down, and then we'll be through. If you want to outlast every challenge, you've got to get in faith. We looked at the other day that you can't say, well, I'm a, I'm a prophet, or I'm a soul winner, or I'm a giver. And that's my past. That's my experience. That's who I am. It has nothing to do with the trouble that's coming, the weapon that's formed. You got to get in faith about that weapon, not your past. Well, I've been faithful for years now, Pastor. I've been coming, I've been serving God for 40 years. It has nothing to do with tomorrow. It'll set you up to be in faith tomorrow. You'll have a basis, a foundation, a, a, a way to engage faith. But just because you were this and you did that and you didn't do that doesn't mean that you're going to be delivered from cancer tomorrow. Boy, he's preaching good. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to stay on it now. The word says, examine yourself to see if you be in faith. So I'm examining myself and saying, you know, what's this going on? Because I love the word and I love God. You know, you go down the list. It's like, but are you in faith? Well, I was and I have been and I want to be. But are you in faith? Maybe not. Maybe you've been so busy about this and that that I've not got myself in faith about either healing or your finances or, or whatever. So if you want what you got bothering you to keep bothering you, you just leave what's bothering you alone or address it, fight it on its level, and it will never leave you or forsake you. Trouble will be with you forever. It will not be different for you than the sinner man, even though you have the ability and the right to live above you got to engage faith you got to talk to the mountain well i just believe you got to talk to the mountain the word said jesus said you got to talk to the mountain well i'm just thinking that this thing has no power you, i don't know the bible says you got to talk to the mountain that death and life are in the power of the tongue not in the thought you got to talk to the mountain and you got to tell it. The Bible says in James that if we res that uh, if you resist the devil, he'll flee. So there's some. It's not just like, well, I'm blood bought. Woohoo! I go to River Church, and my wife is is really in faith. I'm good. Nope. You got to resist the devil for yourself. That's good. It says in First John four. I love this. I'm going to read it to you. First John four. It should be up there on the screen. It says in verse chapter four, verse three. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Would y'all say he's everywhere right now? Wherefore ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is, it is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, the Antichrist spirit, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The word greater there means heavy. 
I, I tried to find it in another way, another version, another whatever. The word means heavier is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I was thinking of sumo wrestlers, you know. Well, you got this shrimpy out there, and you got, you got big boy. <laughs> and you and I are big boy. We are heavier. But even then, you got to get in the ring and enforce the victory. The Weiss says, as for you, out of God you are. I like this version. Out of God you are, little born ones, and you have gained complete victory over them and are still victors because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So I just tell myself to get in faith. I made some declarations this morning. I said, Michael, you're pushing, you're pressing, you're, you're on it, you know, and you want it, but you got to get in faith. Son, you got to get in faith. Would you all agree with me this morning that there's got to be some area that we, through the seasons or through the, either been through the trial, we'd say, you know, I've slipped. I got discouraged or I got a little out of whack or I got mad at something or I built a shell around me in my soul that says that'll never happen again. It'll absolutely happen to you. You have no power decreeing and declaring that'll not happen to me unless it's in the name of the Lord Jesus. Those people will never hurt me again. They absolutely are. You're a target and they're coming. Just because that's the way of the devil. You can't do it that way. I can't do it that way. I can't get it in my soul and harden myself. I have to do it. Faith worketh by love. I love you people, but you are not going to be used of the devil in my life ever again. In Jesus' name. Romans 13 says, but put on the Lord Jesus. So let's stand up this morning and let's put on the Lord Jesus. Let's put on the Lord Jesus. I like you. You like you. We're all good, but we got to put on the Lord Jesus because what we are in ourselves is not enough to, to win. So I, say to, I point to myself and I say, hey, you. Get in faith, Get in faith. Right, now. right now. Put on the Lord Jesus, on the Lord Jesus. in every area of life. Area Think, of life. Like Think like him. Live like him. Live like make, him. Him your mark. make him your mark. And don't make excuses. And don't, make and don't be offended. And don't be, offended. And don't be gripey and don't be gripe. when the world attacks. When the world attacks. But rise up, rise up. and live, in, live, live by... Walk by, faith Walk by faith and live in love and, live in love. and, win, every and win every time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woo-hoo! You know the main message that the church has got to hear, all of us. This is it. We've gone about it backwards, but I've discovered the truth. You've got to know who you are in Him before you can even attempt to know what you have and what you can do. And we've been taught in the church, you know, go for the prosperity and go for health and wholeness without knowing who we are, knowing that we have authority over the devil and over circumstances, knowing who we are, that we always try. We've not known it. Therefore, we fail at who, what, getting what we need and, and failed at getting what we need to do. We failed. And so it set us back about who we are. So we'll peel that off and say, find out who I am in him. Indomitable secure, accepted, loved. He just can't get enough of me. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Lord just can't hard. He's, he's just, 
He's got that breathy thing that comes and says, man, I've been lonesome for you. Can you imagine the Lord saying that to you and me? Nobody says it to you and me. I have been lonesome for you. I am looking for you. I can't wait to spend time with you. I have been thinking about you. Boy, I've made some plans for us. That's who we are. Amen. I bless you now by the power of the Holy Ghost that every encounter you have this week is a supernatural encounter because you've put on the faith of the Lord Jesus and that you win at every one. And we dismantle the plans, the schemes, and the weapons of the devil of the world against you now in Jesus' name. We dismember them and lay them asunder. They will not prosper. Father, I thank you the greater one in us is, is activated and operating. And we give you the praise for the victory this week in Jesus' name. Amen.